he wears a hat tilted to the side. Mm. He has a French accent. I'm going to end it, Melanie. Oh. I'm going to end it all. Oh, I'm going to no. jump off a fucking cliff. <laughs> <laughs> he wears a robe. He wears a robe that is gorgeous. You had me at... Hell no. Hello, everybody, and welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I'm Allie. And welcome to our podcast, where we talk about romance movies and the romance genre, and why we love a genre that hates us so much. We're talking about comedies, dramas, erotic thrillers. If romance is central to the plot, we are talking about it. And Mm -hmm. it's funny that we do that, because neither of us have romance as our go-to genre. I love horror, and Allie likes action. Mm -hmm. And today marks the beginning of a revival that I'm very happy about, which Mm -hmm. is Spooky Romance Month! Yeah! Past entries include Dracula, Crimson Peak, Fatal Attraction. Corpse Bride. An honorable, honorable mention is While You Were Sleeping, which if Sandra Bullock was not the main character, would definitely be a horror film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a horror movie. Just a lady you don't know who's like, I'm part of your Christmas now. Um. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not talking about either of those today. I'm just going to dive in. Today, we are going to be discussing the goth subculture cult classic from 1983 starring David Bowie, Catherine Deneuve, Mm -hmm. and Susan Sarandon, Mm -hmm. The Hunger. Ooh! Ooh! I had never seen this movie before. I knew very little about it, and I was, like, fucking ready to go. I... I gotta be honest, most of this movie I loved. Most of this was right up Allie's street. Um, I, <laughs> I was just in my home screaming about every outfit I saw. Every mm. shot of Quetzal Deneuve, almost every single shot, I was like, ah! like, like losing my <laughs> mind. Everything she yeah. wore, I was like, is this a fucking joke? Um... But it wasn't. Honestly, I also didn't know. What got me was, was what? what David Bowie was wearing at the beginning. Oh. With those round sunglasses. Oh, my he, okay, God. But, but, do you, but do you know what, Allie? Do you what? know what? what? When him dressed as, like, whatever, like, Bauhaus, yeah. OG, goth mm-hmm. lad he was dressed as kind of reminded me of Gary Oldman as Dracula. Of course it did. Of course it did. Of course it did. What? But also, the- I, I get they both had those spooky glasses. They're both like very frail British men. I will say I'm more of mm. I'm more like again. While we love Gary Oldman's performance in Dracula, I was not horny for it. I Melanie was horny I for it. I definitely was. I absolutely was. I recognize the performance. That whole movie is horny. I it, I am not horny for it, but I appreciate that it is mm-hmm. horny. You know. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm more of a David Bowie vibe. Like, if Gary Oldman Dracula was like, hello, come to the opera with me. 
I'd be like, bye, get <laughs> fucked. No, thank you. I, but if David Bowie was like, hello, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> wow, all right. Dance magic, I, dance. I respect that. Yeah. Truly, okay, so this, <sighs> this movie, I... I don't know if I liked it as much as you did. I think I was I, I was frustrated by this movie because mm-hmm. I didn't understand what the parameters were. No, okay, I that's under, I have I have the understanding same understanding that would have helped mm-hmm. me like it more. Yeah, I have questions too because I thought I knew and then the ending I was like, "Hold on, what are the rules?" But um yeah. yes, I would say like the first I want to say hour or so, I was ooh, we I was down. And again, this I I didn't know this was directed by Tony Scott. I didn't know this was a Tony Scott movie. And so I was, I was like, hell yeah. Now, Tony Scott uh, famously directed Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, Last Boy Scout, True Romance, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State, Spy Game, uh, Man on Fire. He did a lot of work with uh, Denzel. Um, uh, Really a very gifted, um, like, director. Um... Yeah, and and also this movie is shot mm-hmm. so fucking well. I was like, who is the cinematographer? And babe, the cinematographer did a lot of other films, but in particular, they did two movies that you love. Oh, Lethal Weapon. Wh- what? And oh, Batman yes. and Robin. Oh fuck. <laughs> That's so cool. Right? I do love Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. unironically. Yeah, you love that one. That's your favorite one, which is wild because it has Clooney and you hate Clooney. You are not a Clooney I bitch. know, but I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. But I love Arnold That's Schwarzenegger. True. And my love for Arnold mm-hmm. far outweighs my hate for Clooney. Which is, that's wild, but yeah. Batman Forever is also... What yeah, killed the dinosaurs? Yeah. The Ice oh, Age! Oh, the same, like, yeah. how could you not... How could the you not? The same cinematographer also did Batman Forever, which is... Ooh-wee. Um, you want to talk about horny Batman? Wow! <laughs> 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 Nicole Kidman turns on the bat signal. And Batman is like, there, what's the emergency? And she's like, the emergency is that I have to fuck you. <laughs> and <I'm> like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and okay let's get it now that okay. we've talked about horny shit this movie is so horny it opens bitch okay also i was like oh they kind of copied or at least paid homage to this scene in the opening of um the lady lady gaga's first um american horror story season the hotel one where she she was a vampire yes they do basically this yes. exact same thing but um this movie, ooh, this movie, ah, it's so good. Bella Lugosi's dad is playing. It, Bauhaus is just directly to the camera. Yes. Uh, and yes. and David Bowie at a club. It's so good. Sorry, yeah, I'm just screaming. So, I'm just so screaming because okay, it was so good. It. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, That's okay. Honestly, I I liked that this was a very... This felt kind of like an art house. Right, it looked so like, good, and there wasn't a lot of dialogue, yeah. which I was loving. I was like, "Oh, no. this movie is straight up which just I showing also us." Love that it's just showing us what's happening. I I can follow what's going on. It looks good. It's clever. I just mm, mm, I, I in my yeah, in agreed. my home out loud. I said, "I fucking love movies while watching it." <laughs> 
I was having such a good time. I love time. that. Um, the opening is insanely it, so, horny. It follows. <laughs> so, so yeah, the film follows this vampire couple, um, Miriam. I think their last name is Blaylock. Bla- Miriam, played by Catherine Deneuve, and her husband, partner, boyfriend, what, whatever we're gonna call him, John, played by David yeah. Bowie, and they are hot, sexy, goth vampires but, looking to have a great even, time. But they aren't even really and the goth. Opening They're sequence, just sort of like. They're very 80s. Almost kind of new. Yeah, they're spooky. They're spooky. They're very, not new Well, wave, I think they, like... fit, they fit into goth. Yeah, it's like right between mm-hmm. goth and new yeah. wave. Because it's it's this is the time where like you've got Bauhaus, The mm-hmm. Cure, Susie and the Banshees, Joy Division. Yeah. I think Joy I Division. Think so. so you've got all of these. Yeah, and this is like the beginnings of what we know goth to yeah. be today. So when we say, when at least when I say goth, I don't mean like Marilyn Manson goth barf. No, Fucking I don't mean forever. that. Yeah, I don't mean that. I mean like Bauhaus. Yeah, like very like. Yeah. Like. And and Bowie, I think, is the perfect person to like be the the oh, boy. most famous person in this movie. And not that Bowie is goth, but I think he's. Because he's like so gender fluid and he's so he also glam. He's, he's dipped in and out of so many genres. Exactly. He kind of he he was so good at kind of molding and adapting and shifting with the times while remaining authentic. I, I just he, that he he really fits. He seems like a man out of time. Yes. And um, also, Catherine Deneuve, I think the casting in this movie was perfect. Oh God. Because Catherine Deneuve except is so good. Except for one element that we will get to later, but continue. Catherine Deneuve. Yes. Except for yes. one element, but continue. Sorry. Yes. No, you're good. Mm-hmm. It's it's that she is so good at playing the, the femme fatale of the 80s and 90s. And, you know, she was in... One of, I think, Roman Polanski's earliest films called Repulsion, which is an insane horror movie. I recommend it to anyone who loves weird horror. If you don't like anything like that, don't watch it. But she's so good because she also seems kind of out of place because she seems Mm -hmm. a little too elegant, right? And then we find out after they have seduced and murdered and eaten this really hot, sexy goth couple, you find out that they're vampires. It was so good because they both kind of silently, sort of wordlessly... I, this couple, they kind of like, oh, hey, what's up? They bring them back to their beautiful 80s apartment home place. Um, I thought it was a hotel. Was it a hotel? I thought it was a hotel. Oh, God. I don't know. Because then they drive back into the city. (gasps) You're right. You're right. Never mind. Or were they at their... Anyway. Um... (laughs) Katzin Deneuve goes with the gentleman. David Bowie goes with the lady. And they separately start to kind of just seduce and start to do sexual, lots of kissing, lots of tongue kissing. Lots like going in, in with an open mouth and a tongue out. And we, they like show, show almost, almost, they almost show, they, it shows almost. What, what's happening? I was so, I was we so scandalized. Melanie. Oh yeah. I, I was, Melanie I didn't was hate very it, scandalized. But I was, I, 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 I didn't hate it, but, like, I uh, almost yeah. watched David Bowie go down on someone, and that was, like, a lot for me. 
Oh, I was fine with. I was like, hell yeah, this is where we're starting. Fuck yes. But that's that's why I, I was, was like, like yeah. Oh. yeah, it was a lot. It oh. was, I was like, if this is where we're starting, fuck yes. Yeah, you're starting. You're starting at an eleven. Yeah, they both wear these pendants that are like ox, like kind of the Egyptian symbol. Yeah. But they are secretly knives, and they use those <laughs> knives to cut these people and then drink their blood. And that was... A knife! A knife! Let me see what you have! <laughs> a knife! No! <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. That's so, okay, so... Like in high school right, now. so we, we anyway. start at an 11, right? Turns start out they're very, like posh new york city vamps and they live in um miriam that's catherine deneuve's character they live in miriam's very old very beautiful very large like upper east side it was so good with the curtains ish it's it's basically a mansion Oh, my God. With the light coming and the piano. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was so gorgeous. So, Sorry. I'm stressed. And so then. Oh, like, it's what I is, want in an 80s movie. Yes. It's it's the this, it's the vibe that I want. Very much. Right. And right. this is what I loved about it from a horror aspect is that you start at an 11 mm-hmm. and then it just gets slowly ratcheted up to like a 20. Yeah. It. Like this. I, I have some things that I'm confused about that I didn't necessarily think were effective, but. I... What we what happens now mm-hmm. is we learn that John and Miriam are musicians and that they are very old. And you know that they're at least from like the 1700s. And that's yeah. when she made him into a vampire. So we know right. that she is older and more powerful than David than Bowie. Right. And all of a sudden, David Bowie is sick he can't sleep and he starts rapidly aging and deteriorating and he is possessed by this insatiable hunger hence the title of the film to kill and eat other humans um outside of the schedule that he and miriam keep and outside of um something that would keep him inconspicuous but she knows this is going to happen to him because we learn it's happened to her previous companion who was also a vampire. Yeah. And yeah. we, and this is what confused me and what I didn't like is because we need a little bit more. Because if we're going from what everyone seems to know about vampires, mm-hmm. why is David Bowie aging? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is he aging? Is it a vampire disease? Why doesn't Catherine Deneuve have it? Why do all of her vampire lovers and companions seem to have this? I... And the, the truly horrifying thing that we learn, spoilers, yeah. is that they don't die. No. She, as soon as they get to a certain point of age where she's basically repulsed by them, yeah. she puts them in a coffin and leaves them in her attic. Yeah. And they just rot there for eternity, still yeah. alive. Yeah. It... That was truly the most horrifying thing to me because it was yeah. not super clear because she says it, it was unclear because she basically says like he asks her to kill him and she says like we don't die we can't there's no rest for us and she says this like beautiful kind of poetic thing where I was like I don't think I fully get this but basically they remain conscious as they are rotting and yeah that's truly one of the most horrifying things I've ever heard. Um, 
to be just trapped in that for what eternity like yeah. when did, how long does that rotting process take that's horrific well um, and we're meant to believe that she has people who have been in this mansion for at least 500 years or so yeah yeah and it's my, now my theory was that she is maybe the oldest or one of the oldest um i don't know vampires and that something about like because it's her giving this gift to other people. It's like losing its where, I guess. Um, I don't know. Again, this is where it was unclear to me because I was just, especially when we get to the end of the movie where I was like, wait, can they be killed? It was just, it. I don't understand if they can or cannot be killed. Um, yeah. Uh, that was unclear um, because but also, this earlier part of the movie I loved because because of that ambiguity. Like before we find out that David Bowie just is going to be rotting in a box forever. When it's him mm. desperately, it's both of them desperately trying to figure out the answer to like why he's aging so much. And Susan Sarandon, this is where Susan Sarandon comes in. She is a doctor and she is studying aging and she's studying the link between sleep and aging. And, uh, Oh, also something else that is wonderful about that opening scene is while we're watching um, David Bowie and Katzenden like bring these two, this couple up there and like seduce them and then slowly they eventually, not slowly, they suddenly kill them and are drinking their blood. It also cuts back and forth to this monkey and this monkey is absolutely losing its shit. This monkey is just going yeah. bananas. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sorry. No, just Mel slowly shaking her head. <laughs> but um, <laughs> monkey is going crazy, and then as they're killing these people, the monkey is also killing another monkey, and then this monkey suddenly slowly, this monkey suddenly is aging very rapidly. It's a the same thing that's happening to David Bowie is happening to this monkey. We never know why. Right. Um, it's unclear. We, we don't know I why. feel and like stuff has been cut from think... this movie. I feel like there were links to different things, like different stories, stuff that would have added a little more information to clear things up that has I been agree. cut. Because this movie is like a cool 90 minutes, which I love. Like, trust me, I love a 90 minute movie. Get in, get out, tell me what I we need to do. know. But, but there was. But also, uh, this ugh. film is far too put together to have missed something like that. Right. I feel so. I agree with you. Yeah. But they, and uh, I wish, I wish we would have known. But then that's where Susan Sarandon comes in because she's a doctor and she's studying aging. One thing that really bothered me, and this always bothers me in movies when people say things wrong that like you could find out how to say it right. Oh no. She's studying progeria, which <gasps> is a really horrible disease. Yes. And she calls, she says, I'm studying progeria. Oh, yes. And I was like, mm, yeah. Susan. Same, same. I was like, oh, whoop. Fucking whoops. Yeah. And um, but uh, for those who don't know, my layperson understanding of what progeria is, is that there's something that happens genetically and it affects mostly children yeah. Where their body rapidly ages much faster than they're alive, mm -hmm. so they look. It's it like people will joke about it and say it's like Benjamin Button disease or like reverse Benjamin Button or whatever, which I think is a little insensitive Incredibly because insensitive. these people don't live very long and they live very painful yeah, lives. Yeah, the average life expense. And it's a really horrific disease. Yeah, that... And so a lot of people who are 
interested in the aging process and anti-aging and how that relates to sleep and all those other things. They will study people who suffer from progeria, progeria and that's what happens in this film. Susan Sarandon has a whole research team at a hospital doing all this research, and they find out that one of their research monkeys has basically gone insane and brutally murdered and eaten another monkey. Yeah. And so then they study it, and they find a video of it rapidly aging to the point where it like dies and decomposes on film in front of yeah, them it's ooh, and i thought this is great this is cool what happens to that monkey or what else happens with that monkey? who's to say they separately go to susan sarandon mm-hmm. um what katsina new does is she buys susan has a book out so she goes to like a book signing and is like oh i'd love to um meet with you sometime or whatever about i'm very interested in your work but that's kind of all that happens. But David she, Bowie but they goes... meet and they are magnetically connected. She and Sarandon have great chemistry. And so another thing too that, okay, can I just another gripe about this whole vampire thing? They can go out Tell during me. the day and they're fine. What are, what yeah. are, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, <laughs> what are the rules? Because later Katsunga Nuv is like, you sleep for six hours. What? Okay, we still have to fucking sl- and hello. And she also says, "And you will feed once every seven days." Um, okay. All right. Whose rule is that? Is that your rule or is that a vampire rule? Um, clear. But, anyway, but it, but it doesn't um, make sense. And so Susan Sarandon gets involved too because, you know, after the book signing, David Bowie goes into the hospital and he's like, "Hey, like, I need your help. I don't know what's happening to me." And she thinks he's just a nut from off the street because she was just on TV promoting her book. So she's like, oh, yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. And he sits in the waiting room and she leaves him there <gasps> for love- like two or three hours. And he ages in the span of two or three hours. He ages about 50 to 60 years. I he loved un- this scene. It unrecognizable was when when he comes back. But she comes back and he incredible. says, hey, you left me here. And she doesn't recognize him. And he's like, yeah. it's me. It's John Blaylock. Yeah. And she goes, oh, my God. And then it clicks for Susan. And she's like, okay, mm-hmm. we got to do some more tests. And then David Bowie's like, no, fuck you. I don't trust you. You yeah. left me here to rot. And I literally sat here rotting. So I'm just going to go home. Yeah. And then when he's home, uh, the young girl who um, he and um, Ketan Deneuve do music lessons for, Shows up. Oh, this scene was. Oh, this oof, scene was rough. This scene really upset really me. Really upset think me, but I it was so you. good. It was so effective. I know. Yeah, as I texted Ali so as soon as it happened, and I was like, "If this child dies in this movie, I will riot." And guess what? And I was like, "The child died." Oops. But I, I didn't like, riot. Bad news. Bad news. That's yeah. But it, it's so good because it's this again. This child doesn't recognize him, and she's like, "Are you John's dad? You have his eyes," and he's like, "No, I'm." his friend anyway it's just like and before he kills her he says forget like forgive me because he's also trying to feed in the hopes that like that will restore something well that's again that's part of this hunger oh the title it's part of this the hunger that is part of whatever disease he has Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. like you're you're becoming old so your mind is not as old as your body, but it also is still aging because your, your your brain is part of your body. But then you have this insatiable hunger and you're going to do whatever you can to stop aging, but you can't stop aging. And it's yeah. truly horrifying. Like, it's yeah. really... 
Like, Ooh, like it's one of those things where if you sit and think about what did I just watch, you're like, oh my god, it's really upsetting. That was it, like, horrifying. I, yeah, um, because like he asks, um, uh, Mary, I I just love to say Ketsun de Neuve. I just love to say it. It's just delicious. It rolls off the tongue. Oof! Can you imagine having that name in that face? What a life. <sighs> you're people She's are incredible. like, what is your name? And you're like Ketsun. Like okay for sure, uh, I you know what to nerve of her to have that face. Fuck you, <laughs> to nerve of her. Um, <sighs> but uh, anyway, he asks her like, "What was it like? This happened with the others. What what happened?" And she's like, "Well, um, it was the same every time. They started to age, and they fed, but they couldn't sleep, and it, they still died. And um, there was nothing I could do. And it it's really sad." Um, Anyway, he kills this uh, young girl. He feeds on the young girl. And um, he's still... Which, for for this vampire couple, again, they're very, very meticulous. Mm -hmm. And it's set up... Nothing of this is explicitly said, but it's done so artfully that you really get the sense that, like, these are two vampires who blend in seamlessly with the rest of society. Correct. They are so careful to hide their true identities. Mm-hmm. Nobody would ever know. No one would know. And and so um, killing this girl that, that they had a very special relationship with mm-hmm. is not only giving away your position and drawing unnecessary attention to you that you mm-hmm. don't want if you're literally murdering people once a week because you're a vampire. Mm-hmm. But it's also heartbreaking because this is someone who trusted him and loved him and yeah. he murdered her. Yeah. And there's also, you could tell there's real affection that they have for her. They love her. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's so sad. Anyway, this is the scene And the he... love that they have for each other too. Oh, yeah. Like this, it's the first three quarters of this film or I guess the first half is just this tragic romance between two vampires yeah. who, when when a mommy vampire and a daddy vampire love each other very much. <laughs> no, they, they love each other so much. And it's really heartbreaking watching her deal with David Bowie because she, you can tell she's been through this before and it's the same every time. And she's devastated. Yeah, she can't look at him. And no, but also... What what makes her such a toxic, awful person is that she cannot be yeah. alone. That's her thing. She is old. And we find out through a flashback that we should yeah. talk about. We find out that she is uh, she's old enough to have lived in Egyptian mm-hmm. times. So, like, I don't know, 2000, 1000 yeah. BCE, mm-hmm. probably, based on the regalia she was wearing. Yeah. And she is in brown yeah. face. Oof. And that was real bad Did not like. it was maybe like five seconds but it was enough to be like, like what, you know what? are you, you fucking kidding me it was very well that's uh, the thing it's like here's the thing why is she french? we don't need to do brown face why because... is she french that you know whatever <laughs> anyway continue well that was what i was thinking too first like i don't think anyone at this point would disagree that brown face and black face are highly offensive and yeah. not okay and if you do disagree with that I don't know how to help you. Wrong podcast, but, bud. Yeah. Don't come Yeah. <laughs> and because you could get a different actor. You could yeah. get a brown-skinned actor who would be just as good as Catherine Deneuve. Yeah. Like, you could find someone who looked ancient Egyptian and who would have fit in in 1980s New York City as David yeah. Bowie's lover. Like, mm-hmm. you could have done that or you could have picked a different ancient civilization for her to be a part of. Yeah. 
where you didn't have to put her in brown face. I thought yeah. it was just an unnecessary yeah. touch. Yeah. And it also, again, doesn't make sense that she's French. Yeah. Because it, there's it no reason work. for her to be fucking French if she's Egyptian. Yeah. The par- this is based on a book, um, which right. I found out. And in the book, I think it's a little more clear in the book. Like, in the movie, it's sort of implied that they cannot die. Um, but in the book i believe it's that she refuses to kill them she can't bring it herself to kill them so she allows them to just sort of rot well that's what she says because yeah. when david bowie becomes basically the crypt keeper and she's carrying that dummy up oh, the yeah. stairs to the attic yeah he's be- he's begging her kill me kill me and yeah. she goes i can't i can't i can't and then yeah. she just puts him in the box and then she goes to work on seducing Susie yeah. Sarandon. See, I thought- and honestly the chemistry between them is mwah, mwah, well, so I good had- okay i had thoughts about okay what are your thoughts because, trust me, I was on board. Okay, because I was on board. Ooh, bitch. Ooh, wee. I was on board. Tell it to me slowly. When she, when like, because Susan Sarandon is looking for David Bowie because she feels bad about what happened and she wants to study. And so she figures out, she finally find, finds out about um. She gets to their apartment, house, brownstone. I don't know what. Mansion. The Mansion in the middle of fucking yeah. New York City. Also, Susan Sarandon has a boyfriend in this who's just like a yeah guy. who's another doctor yeah yeah um but and she and Catherine Deneuve do, do have I think pretty good chemistry but it's also kind of just that they are two I, I think talented actresses who are very beautiful um like okay up to their actual I guess sex or love scene I thought they had pretty, like, I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, okay, okay. Because it's a lot of, like, staring at each other, sharing drinks. Um, they love talking to each other. They they, they, they just kind of always want to be around each other. Part of it is, you can tell Susan Sarandon is, kind of knows that she probably shouldn't be sticking around for so long, but she can't. She can't not. She can't go. Yeah. She, like, well, she can't not be around Catherine Deneuve. Um, and... There's this scene where they, uh, it's sort of in, not implied. It's sort of where they. It's look. It's very beautifully shot, but it's not very. Okay, for 1983, for like a, a pretty main, relatively mainstream movie, it's a big deal that any of this happened. Like any kind of gay anything happened. Um, between two women, between any anything. But it did feel a little... Okay. The kissing at the beginning of the movie is so aggressive. There is so much tongue. Yeah. It is so insane. Yeah. And then when uh, Katsun and Susan kiss, it's like very light kissing on the lips. Like, and our lips touched. So we are kissing and we did it. And I feel like there should be a middle ground. Because it kind of just made me feel like, oh, I don't know that these women really wanted to kiss or I don't know that they felt totally comfortable with what was happening. Mm, Um, Not in like a homophobia way and like, oh, was everybody okay with what was going on? Was everybody comfortable with the fact that they had to like get their tops off and do this scene? Like, I just wanted there to be a middle ground because like I could even understand them saying, oh, no, this scene because it's more it's more about companionship and it's more about affection 
it's it's more tender but it didn't even seem i didn't consider it to be more tender it really felt like well our lips are touching our lips touched so we kissed and you could say that we're kissing technically yeah and then they like drink they drink blood from each other's arms and that was very pretty looking um and it's like again i definitely shot. yeah i got the sense that but it, that it, katrine it, and david bowie's sex scene was much more tender than her sex scene with susan sarandon so i think that's it, a good it, point it felt, yeah and it, it just um and maybe I've been spoiled by movies that we've been watching and by other gay vampire stuff that I've been watching where it's like, what are we doing? Being gay. What are we doing it right now? Like, very <laughs> go big or go home, let's get loud kind of energy. But, um, yeah, it just I, – I, I watched that scene and felt a little bit like, oh, this feels a little um, – I'm hesitant to say male gazy because that's an overused phrase and I don't think it's as clear as I want it to be, but it feels, um, I don't know. It was just weird that it's like, what do two women do when they make love? Ah, yes. They kiss very briefly on their mouth and their titties are out and that's it. And you're like, great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really I, believe I that, that they are in love and want to be companions forever. Um, which is fine. <laughs> In case nobody um, caught that because podcasting is an audio medium, Allie rolled her eyes when she said that. <laughs> like, I'm here's the thing who is the audience for a bisexual vi- vampire movie? Me, bitch. So, yeah, anyway. That um, is very true. But yeah, I think that's a good point, And I didn't necessarily think about that before. So I appreciate you bringing that view in because I totally didn't even think of that. Um, it, it just that that was what I was picking up on. It was just such a contrast to like, I just felt like can we get like a middle ground between like yeah. seeing the most inside of a person's mouth to like, were they in the same room kind of vibe? <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, so Catherine Deneuve changes Susan Sarandon, and but also she well, doesn't like they drink each other's blood. But also she doesn't again, explain. She doesn't What's explain happening? anything. So Susan Sarandon is all of a sudden turning into a vampire and yeah. she's she's basically sick. And this is where for me the AIDS epidemic allegory really became very clear. Where like, oh, you slept oh. with someone you shouldn't have slept with, and you shared blood, and now you're dying. Oh. And I thought and you know, instantly because Susan's she's she's dying because that's what happens when you become a vampire. And also, she's craving blood and not understanding. And at Mm -hmm. one point, she's, like, running around the city trying to find Miriam again and trying to make her way back and figure it out. And someone's like, ah, she looks like a junkie. And, you know, this is 1983. This is, like, the start of the AIDS crisis in America, especially New York City. And it was just an awful time that really unfairly stigmatized, in particular, gay men. But I think it was very yeah. powerful to have these two women with this s- same-sex sexual encounter with mm-hmm. the exchange of bodily fluids that mm-hmm. ends up turning one person into something they didn't want to turn into. And so I thought that was – to me, that's how I read it. I don't know if that's how you read it, but I thought it was very telling. And I also thought it was really sad. And this is where oh, you really start yeah. to – to feel like Catherine Deneuve is the villain because as soon as Susan Sarandon starts to change because she doesn't want to be a vampire, 
No, she didn't ask for this. This was not made clear to her. No, she was not, not given at all. a choice. And, and that's the thing, because it, in the flashbacks with David Bowie, it was pretty clear that he wanted things to happen and that she was making him yeah. into a vampire. And he was like, cool, babe, let's roll. And this yeah. is very much he, she not She fully that. is like, she, per, she like presented it to him. She's like, um, I'm going to give you this gift and we're going to be together forever. We're going to live be young and happy and it's just going to be you and me. And it's right, be but wonderful. but then uh, now but that we know this, this that far in the movie, she doesn't. But also, she did that to David Bowie, knowing that he was going to deteriorate like yeah. all her other lovers. Kathleen exactly. Deneuve is the villain. Yeah, I did love though that you. So Melanie texted me <laughs> as she was watching this movie, and she said, "Oh, Kathleen is the villain. That's crazy." And I said, Mel. She murdered someone at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> and and Mel was like, they're vampires. I'm like, okay, but um but Mel. I okay other, again with the rest of her be- what about what I'm, about her behavior was like, what a chill lady. We got I'm very willing to suspend my disbelief for horror. So as but, soon as yeah. that they brought you into the world so well, I was like, okay, I'm in it. I get it. We're vampires. Mm-hmm. We're killing at a Bauhaus concert. I got it, babe. Let's go. It. And look, and look, <laughs> I love I love an 80s slash 90s movie where a very elegant woman is also a murderer. And you're like, yes, a girl boss, gatekeep, gaslight. Gaslight. <laughs> yes, queen. Slay, mama. Diva Slay the house certainly worked down, the hunties out. Deceased. That is very pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the um, only one in this club popping my fucking pussy? You know, like truly, like I, I, uh, while watching many a film, I am that Lady Gaga quote where she's like, "I don't condone the glorification of murder. I do, however, believe in the empowerment of women." Like I'm, <laughs> that's me watching almost any horror movie. I'm like, very I, much. Very if much. and when we watch Basic Instinct, you're gonna see the worst side of me. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, but. No, she's evil because she's putting her, these um, companions that she supposedly loves, she's putting them through this. Um, and it's really horrible. Like, he, she um, is sort of trying to nurse Susan Sarandon back to health. She's explaining, she's finally explaining what's going on. And she's like, well, it's going to be you and me forever. You're going to have to feed. She, she kind of goes over it with her um and she lures susan sarandon's boyfriend into the apartment and susan we don't see it but we she murders her boyfriend she drinks his blood and um she goes to Ketson, uh Ketson, Ketson, what god damn that name is so fucking fun to say yeah it's we watched a lot of Catherine deneuve movies in my high school french class oh and I think it was it was either Catherine Deneuve or Kristen Scott Thomas. And I think it was just because my French teacher just really liked both of them. Here's the thing. They're both. Kristen Scott Thomas is incredible. She is so good. Every single performance. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, bitch? Anyway. I, um, I truly love watching bilingual actors do their thing. Charlotte Rampling? Like, a lot of, Are you kidding me? Yeah. A I lot know. of people don't know that Jodie Foster is also fluent in French. Perfect French. She speaks perfect French 
Oh, it's yeah. She was in a very a very long engagement, which may be another movie we need oh, to do no. on this podcast. But Jodie Foster mm-hmm. popped her pussy in she that really, movie. She did great. She really, Jody, if you're listening, I'm so sorry that I just said that about I, I don't you. I think she is listening. Um, Jody, if you're listening, Contact was a great movie. <laughs> don't let anyone tell you I don't different. I think anyone did. It's, is it weird that I haven't seen Contact? Because that seems like a, a no. movie for me. I mean, it's basically Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey and Daddy Issues. Oh, yeah. It is a <laughs> yeah, movie say, I'm like, Hello? <laughs> party of one i'm there um I'm... yeah we watched it in middle school science when we learned about outer space <laughs> i don't know what mr seymour was thinking mr seymour if you're listening a lot of people are listening we to this episode time. apparently um <laughs> <laughs> you never McConaughey, know if you're listening you i love you bitch i love you <laughs> Green lights. Yeah, Maddie McConaughey, if Green you're listening, my life. we both adore you, uh, and we hope you're having a good time. All right, all right, all right. Um, just keep living, baby. L-I-V-I-N. L-I-V-I-N. All right, so Susan comes out of the room after murdering her boyfriend. She kisses, she kisses Kathleen on the mouth, but she, in the doing so, she steals... Catherine, uh, her necklace knife stabs herself in the neck. And Catherine is like, no! And this is, okay, and this is the part that I got, I was confused about the logic of this film. Because mm-hmm. what Susan is saying, and she even says, like, I can't. Like, I cannot continue to live this life if this is my life. Like, she's making a choice saying, I'd rather be dead than live forever having to do this. I, I cannot do this. So we're assuming that she's dead. She's bleeding out. And then all of Captain uh, Deneuve's former lovers escape from the attic, escape from their boxes, and they're all varying degrees of decrepit and aging, and some are, like, just skin and bones, and some are a little more, um, I don't know, a little fleshy. more fleshy. And they kind of, I don't know, encircle her and scare her to death basically like she ages very rapidly and i okay i thought yeah, this and meant again what she, what are the rules and then i thought oh she's dead and susan is dead no we then cut to a different like apartment somewhere else where there's a hot young couple and susan sarandon is alive seemingly still a vampire and now these are her lovers and then Catherine Deneuve is yeah and they're all wearing and then Ka- white and they're having and a then great Catherine time Deneuve is in a box in the attic saying Sarah Sarah like Sarah was Susan's character's name I thought everyone was dead yeah just calling can out they not die what happened to the other did the other because then all of her other lovers also rapidly did de- deteriorate and they turn to ash basically so are they finally at rest I don't. What are the rules? This is where so. I got confused. Well, that's that's my thing. Can is they like, not kill themselves? Is this the t- like? Is this? I, well, that's yeah. my question. Is this a scenario where she has to have a new companion that mm-hmm. she makes, and that if the new companion, because yeah. I thought there was something where if the new companion dies before a certain time, then that ruins the whole balance oh. because 
that's that's that what is I not thought. what I thought. But again, none of it none of it that's is not. clear. None of it makes sense. And then I was also wondering, okay, is this the type of thing where like if you kill Catherine Deneuve, all the other vampires that that's what I died, thought. Just, like a cut the head off the snake that's situation. What I thought. I thought, oh, because she... Or, like, a werewolf Yeah, I thought thing. because, like, oh, she's deteriorated, so now they can finally fully deteriorate and are at rest, finally. But her being in the box at the Right, end, because they're still connected to her. Yeah, but then her. her being in the box at the end, I thought, wait, what? And then also, so... Uh, Susan survived stabbing herself in the neck. I, I don't... I don't... I loved this movie up to a point like really up to when and up to and a little bit including when David Bowie died I was like oh this movie is incredible because it was so clear it was it wasn't treating us like we were stupid it was trusting the audience but it was still very clear with like kind of the Mm -hmm. rules of the movie and the we were staying with the characters Mm -hmm. we were emotionally invested um it the movie cared about what was going on I cared about what was going on and then I got, I feel like stuff mm-hmm. was cut from this movie because I don't know what the rules are. I feel like something must have been, I heard the ending was also changed. I think the original ending, Susan was supposed to just die and then they didn't want her to die. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense because the scene with her and the, the hot couple seemed very out of yeah. place. And also, it's are we to now understand that Susan Saran, that Sarah is the yeah. new Miriam, and that she is going to start her own vampire yeah, line? Like that, like that doesn't fit with the character. That doesn't fit with what we learned. It doesn't work. And yeah, I just so I didn't, I didn't love it. it, the, it I was confused. <sighs> I don't like. I really couldn't get over how upsetting and disturbing the idea is that you can never rest. You don't live for, but you just you can never rest. You're slow. You still. Yeah. Oh, 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 it, oh, it, oh, it upset me. Um, it, well, yeah. And I think that's what makes the film yeah. so unsettling. Cause it's like, for me, at least I like, I didn't fully process it until I was done mm-hmm. watching the movie. And then I kind of started putting all the pieces together mm-hmm. in my head and realized like, wow, this is incredibly oh, yeah. disturbing. This is actually not a scary movie to me. Mm-hmm. I thought it wasn't scary at all. But I thought it was more disturbing than many of the horror movies yes. that I have seen. I am inclined to agree. Because, like, there were moments where I was like, this, there's not a lot of... I'm like, we really only got, like, one scene of someone being murdered. And then it was, like, an hour and then another got murdered. And I was like, this is really, like, a horror slasher. But it is incredibly disturbing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and also I they really Hitchcocked me because I did not expect. I didn't Bowie either. To die. I didn't know. I I quote totally, unquote. They totally Janet lead him. Yes, exactly. It was so. Like, I kind of think I would. Uh, sorry, no. I guess we're skipping ahead, but like, I would recommend this movie. This movie is fascinating, and I have issues with it. Yeah, I don't I, know why Catherine Deneuve. Like, truly, I yeah. it will never. Why were they like, by the way, Ketson Deneuve is Egyptian? No, she's fucking not. Then why is she French now? Explain that shit. Like, a f- honestly, a sexy French vampire who's been around for a f- forever, forever is already scary. That's scary enough. That's already an issue. Ask Anne Rice, well, all right? Well, I also <laughs> agreed. One of the things that doesn't, truly, one of the things that didn't really add up for me, too, 
Because I, listen, you and I are on the same page Mm -hmm. about the Egyptian thing. I thought it was unnecessary. Like, you could have given an actual Egyptian actor Mm -hmm. a chance to play that role. This was unnecessary. That being said, for how old Catherine Deneuve is, I don't understand how many companions she's had. When did she start making companions? Because if they're in 1983 and David Bowie has been with her since the Baroque era, so like the 1700s, like Rococo shit almost, um, that means he's what? 300 years? Almost 400? 200, babe. Like 200. And so if she's been alive, like based on the headdress she was wearing, I want to say she was like... (laughs) Uh-huh. Like, late Middle Kingdom, oh early Late Kingdom, I want to say. I'm not an Egyptologist. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that stuff. But she really looked like Nefertiti. That's, yeah. I'm sure the model that they had yeah. was the bust of Nefertiti that's really famous. That's in yeah. the, the German Museum in Berlin. But um, if she's from, let's just say, give or take, 1500 right. BC, right? Let's just pinpoint it. for. It's not no. historically accurate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swallow right. that one and fall on that sword. But let's say her lovers last every 500 years or so. That's still not enough time for her to have the amount of also, coffins what? that Was she, she had. Was she just carrying those coffins around and David Bowie didn't notice? Like. Well, that's also the thing is like she says that this house has been in her family for generations and we're not inclined to believe that she's a liar. So I'm, is she is she Egyptian? but also French, but also has been in America for like 300 years. Like what? what? It doesn't make sense. What? And now that I think of it now, now that I think of it, she could be French because Napoleon spent a lot of time in Egypt and stole a lot of shit, which is how the Louvre was made in France. So it is possible that if, if we are to believe she stayed in, no, but that even doesn't make sense because yeah. Napoleon was after the time period that she met David Bowie. So that doesn't we, make sense either. Why? What what are the rules? This is this is just like ever after. The timeline what doesn't the make rules? sense. And here's the thing. I don't even need it to make like a lot of times timelines. So I just need to know the rules of the movie and the rules of the movie are not super clear because the rules can be insane. Timelines can be right. fucking like, insane even- and... Bananas. Even just one thing of like, oh, our life force together, a connection, blah, blah, blah. fine, great, I'll accept that. I just need a, I just need a little crumb, just a little, just a little nibble, just a little morsel of something to help me understand just, what the fuck is going on. I just was, I was just a little, it was unclear to me, but um, yeah. I, Even I, so, I, I also would recommend this movie. I think it's, it's a fun. Good. It's, it's a fun watch. Yeah, and it's, it's also it's, it's just bananas. also fun to see. Like, oh yeah, Tony Scott was really like a gifted director who had an enormous impact on mm-hmm. particularly action films um, as we know them today. Like, truly incredible. Um, this movie is so good. Like, I love that he. Prior to this movie, he'd done like a short film and like some music videos. And then he did this. And then after this, he did fucking Top Gun. Like, bad bitch. What a bad bitch. Honestly, I didn't know he did music videos, but that comes through pretty right. clearly from this movie. Right, because it's just like, we don't need dialogue. We just need, I just need to show you what's happening. And it, 
do some good cuts. Yeah, it's very much like I very much believed that he had done music videos for like Prince somehow, but also like Bauhaus. He did. You know who he did some music videos for? Who? George Michael, baby. Oh fuck yeah! Cool. Okay, there it is. There it is. Yeah, boom. But like, yeah, it was just very like like really flowy window. No, (gasps) what are they called? Just like gossamer fabric flowing in the wind with open windows and like birds flying through, like very music video. They're like light, like a blue light coming through a a window. Yeah, 80s. Very like, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's so good. It's so good. It looked so fucking good. Yeah. Um, But I have a question for you, Allie. Please ask me, dear. Did you think this movie was romantic? Um, parts of it, honestly. Yeah, like the bits with David Bowie and Katsinda Neuve had, I cared. I cared about it. Like when you see them in flashback, you're like, oh God, it's like heartbreaking. Yeah. Because he's remembering this like promise she made to him and how happy he was and how excited he was about this. And then you just see him now and he's old and he's abandoned by this woman. It's oof. oof, And it's also, I think, extra heartbreaking because she clearly is repulsed by him. Yeah. And how old uh, he is. He asks her to. He's like, kiss me one last time. And she's like, I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I agree. You will sleep for six hours. Remember when she said you will sleep for six hours a day? I was like, so a regular amount? <laughs> like, what? I was like, oh, for me, I was like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, um, it was... Her her accent is hard to do though because she speaks English very well, so she doesn't do the French R as much. It's more like you will sleep for six hours a day, and you will mm-hmm. feed once every seven days. That was pretty good, Mel. That was good. Thank you. I, um, but it was so it was Bonksville, absolutely Bonksville. French, um, French is a sexy accent. I guess it is good, man. Yeah. I'm, like, yeah. I'm sorry. It ha- what, some, whatever. We don't need to get into it. Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but, okay, we both agree parts of it were romantic. I'm going to hazard a guess and say that we both thought this movie was sexy. Oh, my God. This the was opening, a sexy I was, movie. The opening of this movie? Uh, <laughs> I'm... Uh, like forever haunted by watching David Bowie kiss up someone's thigh. I don't know why. I'm just, Oh, I'm wait. It upset you. I was like, let's get loud. Turn it up. No, I'm not upset. I'm just like, (laughs) I, I, it had an effect on you. It did. But also this is something that we didn't talk about a lot. That's watching women take pleasure from a sexual encounter or watching a sexual mm-hmm. encounter be about a woman and her gratification is not mm-hmm. something that you see very often in American romance film. So yeah. it's something that we're not used to seeing. It's something we're not used to talking about. And I mm-hmm. think my reaction is probably a good example of that because like, yeah. I'm, I'm a modern lady. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could put up with a lot. <laughs> I support people doing what they want to do. I have never seen something like that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to laugh. I'm so sorry. No, to it's laugh. okay. It's okay. Funny. It's funny. I no, you just... can laugh. I feel like we're watching different things. <laughs> I think we are. That sounds like I'm a perv and you're not. 
We've but... already been over the fact that you are a perv and it's okay. <laughs> Do you want to tell that story? I'll tell it. I was... T- so... <laughs> I... I um had feelings uh for i was having feelings about someone um and i was talking to mel about it mel was being a very good friend and like uh, listening to me sort of vent and talk about stuff and i said i just don't want them to think i'm some like weird perv and mel went i think you are a weird perv but that doesn't mean you're a bad person Things you can only say to your best friend. Because, <laughs> like, here's the thing. Being a perv isn't a bad thing. Like, and it's not per- even... I, here's the thing. I, it's not even... I mean, I'm making it sound like I'm a perv. Like, I'm in the, Also, if you're... Well, that's... The there's great, a scale. Great, 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 Be, there's it's a scale more, of perviness. And it's more it's, just, like, you have feelings about thinking about other people. And that's not actually yeah. pervy. Oh, yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Some of us were raised a little holy roller. And now, and and we still have sexual thoughts. It's like, oh, good. Am I <laughs> bad? But also, no. It's like, whatever. Who cares? Um, it's whatever. Who cares? I don't even care. As Ask if. me if I fucking care. Whatever. <laughs> okay, so we'd recommend it. We both thought it was kind of romantic. We both thought it was definitely sexy. So like, now it's did time. I have problems with the? I did. Like I've already oh. mentioned my issues with the. Um, love scene between the two women but like still sexy like beautifully shot like yeah anyway continue. yeah and I think I appreciate you bringing that up again because yeah. that was something that I didn't pick up on so I'm glad that mm-hmm. you picked up on it and said something yeah um, like, oh, okay. yeah maybe on a second watch I'll I'll pick up what you're talking about now that you've pointed it out but I don't think I'm gonna watch this movie again no, um so now it's time to ask the most important question of all. Okay. Fuck Mary Kill. Woo! Yes, let's go. Okay. And there's really there's really only one. Um Fuck Mary Kill. Mm-hmm. David Bowie, mm-hmm. Catherine Deneuve, Susan Sarandon. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. This is really hard, honestly. Um, yeah. Do you but as know? their characters. As, their, as characters? their characters? Okay. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Because, like, I love Cassandra Neuve. And every outfit she wears, I was screaming. I was screaming yeah. in my apartment. I was... Yeah. Oh, my God. She looked Like, incredible. I want that outfit. I think that the reality is I kind of want to be her. Because I don't trust her. I don't want to fuck her or marry her. She's because the I've villain. Seen, because I've seen what she does to the people she fucks and marries. I, uh, uh, so we're going to no. kill her. Mm-hmm. Take her clothes. Take her money. Mm-hmm. Live it up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to marry uh, David Bowie. Because I'd like to have a life with David Bowie. I'd li- I would love to have... I'd love to live that. I think I want to be the Katsunanuve in this movie. And I'm going to fuck Susan Sarandon. Of course. Honestly, I think that's the play. Thank you. My right? only question. Yeah. My only question is, if I marry David Bowie, is he going to be 
youthful David Bowie forever yeah. as a vampire? And am I also becoming a vampire? Or is he going to die before my eyes? I don't think... Okay, I think in my brain, because work is... I, I think it's just like youthful vampires forever. I that In my mm-hmm. mind, that's what it is. I yeah. think that's the vibe. Okay. I yeah, think I could, that's what I, it honestly, is. Honestly, I think that's the, that's the only play. Because I could never marry Catherine Deneuve because oh. she's manipulative and awful and selfish mm-hmm. and I wouldn't ever want to fuck her because that would just draw me right into her evil plan yeah you have a so you're right with the it. only option yeah. is kill Deneuve marry Bowie fuck Sarandon yeah because like even yeah when Susan Sarandon is having dinner with her boyfriend after she's spent the day with Catherine Deneuve he's like what were you even doing She's like, we were just talking. He's like, what could you talk about for three hours? And it's like... It's like, I'm sorry. Do you have the brain of a peanut? Do you not have friends? Also, they live in New York. The commute alone. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean... Whatever. I've never known anyone to talk to someone on the subway, but I get your point. No, I mean, just traveling. But also, like... Just traveling. Oh, well, that's the thing. Is like, I'm sorry, have you never talked to someone for three hours? Yeah. Because it's pretty easy. A lot of phone calls. Most, if I have a phone call now with a good friend, it's, it, it takes up a chunk. Hours. Hours. Yeah. At almost every time. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think also, it, not to but be whatever, also, it's also I think like, was very oh, telling. Yeah. It was that's telling just, about their relationship too. Yeah. Like, he, they don't talk. They don't. They clearly don't talk. Yeah, it, and it's more that he doesn't talk, or he doesn't talk, or if he does, he only talks with her, probably for that amount of time. So he immediately sees it as like, oh, that's the thing you do with your girlfriend. My girlfriend is doing that with someone else. And I've been in a relationship mm-hmm. like that before, where I am the person that brings that guy out of his shell, and he talks to me more than he talks to anybody else. And it becomes an issue sometimes. So I get it. Especially when you're studying, especially when you're studying monkeys for the aging. Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey do do. That was, I didn't like that, Melanie. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, I really got it. That monkey was crazy. Yeah, I really hope no monkeys were harmed in the making of this film because, damn. I don't. I don't think they were. I don't think they were. But I. I also. Well, when the monkey rotted, it was clearly claymation. But like. But the damn. monkey, monkey attacking the other monkey. Ooh. That was really sad. I felt bad. For it actually monkey. reminded me of the opening of Twenty Eight Days Later. I haven't seen that movie. You should never no, see thank that you. movie. Yeah. No, you should never see it. So that was the hunger. <laughs> the hunger. I I tr- I, liked- I I feel like I, I'm speechless, yeah. but at the same time, I'm not speechless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I do. I, for the most part, I, oh, we liked this movie. I I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, this is a, it was a kind of a fascinating one. Yes. Um. Yeah. I I. Susan Sarandon really is great. Susan, we didn't talk about her much, but she's great. She was, she was, uh, she really held her own. She's in this just film, such I a think. good actress, and she's also so, she's so pretty. I know it's like the doy, but like, 
I mean, the two. But this is yeah. this is also the time when she's becoming like a rising star because Rocky Horror Picture Show was in 1975. That was when she like first that started. Was, that was like her first. Yeah, thing, I don't. Really. I don't think it was her breakout role. I think it was like her second role or maybe her third. Oh, yeah. But this is like 1983 is like when Susan Sarandon's really coming up in the world, mm-hmm. and I think at this point she may have still been married to Chris Sarandon. I think actually. Hold on, I'm gonna look up when she may not. She may have been. I'm looking it up right now. Um, boop, boop, boop. I'm looking it up. We're looking up Susan. I'm looking up Susan. That I, Susan. I didn't like how that sounded. I hated the way that sounded. Okay. I'm doing some research about Susan. She's 76. Just turned 76. She looks. No. Okay. She looks incredible. Okay. So she. She and Chris Sarandon were married from 1967 to 1979. Um, wow. And then she was with, um, she didn't marry again, but she did have uh, other partners. And um, So th- she got married to him when she was 21. That's really that young. That is young. That is young. It makes sense that they got divorced then. Because yeah, so, how old was he? He must have also been a baby. He was like... Yeah, because... He w- yeah. Yeah, he was like 25. They were both babies. They were babies. I, I, get yeah. why she got, I get why she kept that name. I get it. It sounds good. It is a really good name. I, I also get it. Yeah. But... Okay. Can you imagine both okay. of them, though? Not to be a... Speaking of the weird perv, can you imagine both of them when they met? Them in the oh 70s. Oh my! Well, here's the thing. Them in the 70s, right. just in that that those two married, walking around, those two little hottie actors married. Are you joking me? Shut the fuck up. I, truly. And here's the thing. Fright Night comes out in 1986. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Princess Bride comes out in 1987. Child's Play is 1988. Wait. And as I have made clear on this podcast many times before, uh-huh. Chris Sarandon in a chunky sweater as a cop in Child's Play. That is, that's your dream man. It's, it's Pete Chris. It's, and I don't know if this bit is going to make it in, so I'm going to say it again and maybe we'll cut it again. But truly, like for me, Chris Sarandon is best Chris. I get that. I get that for you. I yeah. just discovered a piece of information though. Tell me. While making this movie that we have been discussing, The Hunger, Susan Sarandon mm-hmm. had a brief affair with David Bowie. What? Yeah. They have like one minute of screen time together. Yep. yep. Wow. Right? Okay, Susan, get Honestly, it. Honestly, Susan, fucking get it. She's living the she dream. Is- Living it up. I mean, wow. Sorry. Just, wow. I mean. Well, if you would have liked to have had an affair with David Bowie in 1983, let us know. <laughs> Smooth transition, right? Right? See what I did? But also, I would really <laughs> like to know who there? wouldn't. Who's the person that's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when you ask a crowd and someone's just like, no. no. <laughs> it's 
So if you would or would not like to have had an affair with David Bowie as part of the goth subculture of the early 80s, let us know. You can reach out to us on social media. Our Instagram and Twitter handle is at hellnocast. Our website is hellnocast.com. And if you prefer to send us an email the old-fashioned way, you can email us at hellnocast at gmail.com. And if you liked this episode, feel free to give us a five-star review. We appreciate it. Um, And if you didn't like this, that's okay. You can move forward. No hard feelings. Just don't tell anybody about it. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Not everything's going to be a home run. We get that. that. Hey, life is beautiful. Full of peaks and valleys. Ebbs and flows. Damn Skippy. Oh, yeah. And and speaking of things, if the hunger wasn't your Mm -hmm. speed, be sure to tune in next time because next time we will be discussing Adam's family values. Fuck. Which is, I think, one of both of our all-time favorite movies ever. Truly. Uh, Very excited about this film. Very much. So, So if you like watching along while we do episodes... Take some time and watch Adam's Family Values before the next episode drops. Yes. This has been You Had Me at Hell No. I have been Allie. And I have been Mel. Love you. Bye. Bye. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded remotely in front of our pets Roscoe and Benny. Allie and I would like to thank Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. And we'd also like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen today. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.